Well, the government appears to have opened Pandora's box when it comes to tax reform. There have been growing calls for the government to diversify its tax policy so it isn't so heavily reliant on income tax. Uh, we can't pay for the things that we think we deserve and we need to have a, a broad conversation about over the next 20 years, how are we going to pay for this? Both sides are willing to talk about tax cuts, but no one's willing to talk about where the money's actually going to come from. And we need to have that brave conversation. That was Teal's MP Kate Cheney on RN Breakfast uh, this morning. Angela Jackson is the lead economist at Impact Economics and Policy. Angela, the Teals have called for everything to be on the table here. What do you see as the most important and the most feasible reforms the government should look into? For example, going after the, the biggest end of town, which is not income uh, to high income earners, it's uh, uh, the, the big corporate um, well, yeah, so people have talked about a super super profits tax, which um, if properly implemented can be quite an efficient form of taxation. It tends not to distort behaviour too much. Um, that's one option and many countries have introduced uh, super profit tax in the last few years. So it's something that certainly the government could look at. Um, the other area is really thinking rather than taxing incomes, because I think, you know, as you pointed out in the intro, uh, Australia does rely a lot on um, and if we're going to raise the revenue that we're going to need in the future um, to meet the needs of, of the population, we're going to have to increase our tax rate more. So we're going to have to raise more revenue. And if we get that from workers, that's going to really impact the working age population, number one. You know, cost of living pressures are, are front of mind at the moment. But it's also going to affect our economy um, and the efficiency and productivity more broadly. So we need to broaden the tax base. And so thinking about assets and asset taxation is probably where the government really needs to go. Things like stamp duty reform to look at land taxes are favoured by economists because it increases the efficiency of our housing system but also can raise revenue in a really efficient way. Things that are very politically unpalatable, but things like an inheritance tax. Again, Australia is a real outlier globally in not having an inheritance tax, uh, and that can be an efficient way of raising more revenue. So I think we have to have everything on the table. I think the, the worst thing we can do right now is start ruling things out. We need to have a serious look at how we bridge that gap, because the gap, gap is going to be quite big. It's about 2.6% of GDP by 2060 due to the ageing population. And it has to be bridged somehow. Um, and we want to make sure we do it in a way uh, that is efficient uh, and equitable. If you say everything should be on the table, that uh, must surely include the, the potential for a Labor government doing a double backflip uh, <laughs> with a twist, uh, th that this time potentially on negative gearing, something that Jim Chalmers has definitively ruled out as early as this week. So... What do you think about this? Should negative gearing uh, be on the table for tax reform? Look, it wouldn't be on the top of my priority list. I think there are other taxes to do with housing, for example, capital gains tax discount, which would probably I'd put ahead if we were looking at both raising revenue and also improving the efficiency of the housing system. Um, but look, nothing should be ruled out. And whether or not, you know, it's a backflip, I think if we could, you know, maybe come together as a country and have a serious conversation about this, um, putting politics aside, which I know probably, you know, is a difficult thing to say, um, have some sort of tax summit, really have a discussion about how are we going to grapple with these problems as a country because they're not going to go away. Now, does it need to be solved today? Look, arguably not. The budget is very much close to balance at the moment, but we can look forward and see that there is going to be this big gap between the amount of money the government raises and the amount that it spends. 
And we have to look at ways of how we're going to bridge that gap in a way that's really efficient um, and equitable. Uh, we don't want to end up in a situation, I think, where we just put more and more by, you know, almost by stealth onto workers into the future. Um, that won't be very fair uh, and it certainly won't lead to a more prosperous economy. Angela, uh, new data from PropTrack has revealed the total number of properties listed for rent has hit a new low. This is probably no surprise for anyone seeking a rental property uh, recently and even people uh, who are currently in leases being kicked out uh, to make way for a new lease with double the rental income for the landlord. I mean, what do you think about this? Are we likely to see this rental cliff soon? It's sort of starting to feel like it. Look, it, it is worrying. And I think the, the listings in particular, they're down 4.7% during the year. Um, it's getting increasingly hard and, and it's even worse if you're looking for a house. So, if you're looking for a, an apartment, then it might be a little bit easier. The vacancy rate's a bit higher. But if you're looking for a house, the vacancy rate's now below 1%. Uh, it's really tough out there. And I think for families in particular that are you know, looking for three or four bedroom places, uh, it, it's hard going. And it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. There are policies in place to try and increase the supply of housing. The government has a policy um, you know, that it's announced 1.2 million new houses. But we're still seeing the commencement of the building of those at, at record lows. We're not seeing the activity we need. And in the short term, um, things are very, very tough out there for people just to find, you know, whether they can afford it or not, um, that's one question and, and rental stress is real and, and it's very significant. But people can't even find the houses uh, to move into. So it means being in unsuitable accommodation. It means maybe families moving into, you know, two-bedroom units rather than having the space that they actually need. And so it's very, very tough out there at the moment. We'll have to leave it there. Lead economist at Impact Economics and Policy, Angela Jackson. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for having me, Andy. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.